y'all get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Dave Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., also promoter, um, music management, media specialist, an all-around good guy, and a bunch of other stuff that I don't need to mention because I am David Coker. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Gary introduced my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, guy? Hey, Dave, everything is good. My name is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guide, DelawareBlack.com, Black Media Specialist, all-around good guy. How's it going, Dave? Hey, I can't call it, man. It's 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 uh, another Tuesday. Here we are. Um, you know, definitely winter time is on its way. You know, <laughs> you know, because it's gotten definitely the temperature has dropped. Okay, and I wish I could be like you, man, and be in the house all day, and you know, don't have to worry about going out like that. You know. Okay. All right, because you know all. Um, <laughs> All my days run together. Have you seen uh, what was it? Shipwreck. What what was the movie with time? Lost. Lost. So my, yeah. Okay. So my my days are Wait, like you talking about Tom Hanks? The Tom yeah. Hanks. Movie? Yeah, Tom Hanks. No, no. Um, you're talking about the one with Wilson. Yeah. Wasn't what was that? What was that? Was called? Um, I thought it was um, Lost. Or no? No, that wasn't Lost. That was the TV series. Um, uh, that shipwreck. was called. Uh, I don't remember. No, it wasn't shipwreck. But anyway, yeah. see, you always start this stuff with the wrong information and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, um, yeah, but with my man, with my boy Wilson that didn't talk. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. Um, but, cast yeah, away. The day you, yeah, cast away. There you go. Yep. I know it was shipwreck. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but you know the days do. I guess. I guess in your world, I guess it does run uh, run together. Oh, let me ask you: as a person that's home all day, do you think? I mean, how is your electric bill high because of that? I'm I'm sure because cause Dave, you know, I'm a stickler with that electric bill. I'm like my father. My father used to put tape on the um, the uh, <laughs> thermostat. So like you knew not to yeah, move it yeah. past a certain thing, and I wish I could do it here, but we're home all day, so the TV's on, the lights on, the, because before when when I would leave for the day, and my wife would leave for the day, you know, I darn near turn that heat or air on, uh, down or off, but you know I can't do that no more, so I'm I'm sure it is higher. Yeah, okay, I, I can imagine because you got lights on, you got everything yeah. going at that time. Yeah, yeah right. So. I was going to say, I guess it doesn't, it, you don't need to invest in a cover for the thermostat because you're always going to be hitting I it. Know. I know. And, and what happened yeah, is but, I'll, I'll turn it down and then it'll get too cold and my wife should put on some, and I'm not one to put blankets over me. So then I go, I, then yeah. I got to go over there and bite my bullet and like turn the heat up. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it is that. It, well, like they say, it's cuffing season, man. Like, like Beyonce say, cuff it up, cuff it up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, or uh, uh, cover up, cover up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. So, uh, you had a good weekend, man. 
Yeah, everything was good. You're going to laugh at this story. So on um, over the weekend, my wife had a great idea. Oh, let's do something special with the kids. Let's ride up to uh, Shady Maple in Lancaster. So we're like, oh, "Oh, okay. So, you know, the the kids, you know, they don't care. They did not want to ride that long because, you know, it's a little over an hour. And so we riding and the kids are, everybody in the car is hangry. My wife is hangry. The All four kids are hangry. So we pull up to Shady Maples and we're like, why are no cars here? We ride up to the front no. door. Sundays, Shady Maples closed. I did not know. Oh, you that. went on Sunday. Oh, you yeah. went on Sunday. So yeah, then, yeah. Okay. Uh, so okay. then we had to... uh get the address from Miller's mortgage board, which is 30 minutes away. So then we had to drive another 30 minutes to get to Miller's, which is another, I think Shady Maples is better, but we had to ride another 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, I've been to Miller's before. Yeah, so. I've been to Miller's, yeah. No, nothing like Shady Maples. Right, right. right. Uh, there's a bunch of them up that way. You could have mm-hmm. went, there was other ones that were closer to where you were, though. So I'm not sure that the other bird main in the one, is, but I feel like the other ones are smaller. And I, and and um, okay. I've been to Miller's before, and I kind of knew. And but yeah, so it was just yeah. funny because everybody yeah, was hanging. It's not Shady Maple. Though. It's not. It's not Shady Maple. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, man, I wish you had caught, wish you had told me, you know, that you were going to go up there. I would have told you that it's not open on Sunday. Yeah, I know. Well, so, I mean, I know that. clearly, if we had looked, we might have seen too, but we just assumed. Oh, so, man, yeah, that's a hell of a trip to make, you know, and not get exactly what you yeah. want. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know, um, but, Miller's were good. I didn't have any complaints, so. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, what, I mean, what about you? Do weekend? the kids eat a lot? Wait, do they eat a lot? The um, two of them eat a lot. Two of them do not. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Uh, as far as my weekend, I didn't. Let's see. Did I do anything this weekend? Um, no, I worked Saturday. Uh, didn't do anything Saturday evening. No, it was a chill weekend, man. Um, well, I went to church on Sunday, came home, watched the Eagles go to 13-1 and one and get their quarterback hurt. I'm not even going to comment about that. Uh, he might, he might not play in the next couple games, and we got the Cowboys this weekend, and it's it's just a mess, man. It really is. So, um, but other than that, that was all I did. I didn't do anything exciting this weekend. Okay. I'm still pissed off about that game, about that game, and I'm getting hurt. So, but here we are. It's Tuesday. Let's say let's let's. Let's get the people what they want. News and trends with Dave and Lynn. So, um, why don't you give um, a synopsis of what we're going to be talking about today? Right. So today, Dave, um, we got some stories lined up. So first, we're going to talk about black how black women are leaving corporate America at a, a quick rate, and we're also going to talk about the black woman who won a massive racial discrimination payout against FedEx. Um, we're going to talk about the Alabama man who was baked or baked, B-A-K-E-D, to death in an overheated prison cell. 
Um, we're going to talk or, or we're going to play a video that talks about the lack of how the lack of fathers in the household is playing um, towards a lot of negative statistics in our community. And then we're going to do a Dave's Tea where Dave we're going to talk about Lori Harvey and I'm just like Lori Harvey and <laughs> Damson Idris. <laughs> and we're also going to talk about some of the updates regarding DJ Twitch. And then, uh, of course, we got Dave's Corner at the end. All right. Well, let's let's get it popping, man. All right. So, Dave, the, the first story I saw, and you know, I think this is something we all know, but sometimes, you know, every time you see it, it just kind of makes you think more and more about it. So, this article was on Business Insider, and it talks about how black women are leaving corporate America, and what it's saying is black women are worn out from discrimination. And they are leaving to launch their own businesses. And uh, by them leaving, it's creating a void in talent across the corporate America industries. So specifically what it says is, the well, some of the main reasons Black women are leaving corporate America is by microaggressions, belittling, and burnout. And this uh, article speaks, so it kind of talks specifically about two different women. And so one, so I, I just want to read what one one of the women said, and this is one of the things that contributed to her leaving corporate America. She said that, um, so she was, uh, um, so hold on, let me see what she, exactly she did. So she was the director of diversity at a tech company. and. So two things she she said um, in this article, her boss used to reference her not by her name, but by diversity. So, for instance, um, in a meeting, he would say, oh, Dave, Dave's here, Lynn's here, Susan's here and diversity's here. So he didn't even re reference her by her name. So that was one comment she said. She also said that. Um, leaders at the firm would reprimand her for missing meetings that she was never invited to attend. And, you know, so those were some of the things that were just subtle acts of discrimination and microaggression that caused her to leave her job. Um, because of her job, she be, she began to be argophobic. We'll have to Google that. Um, it, she experienced insomnia and anxiety until she reached her breaking point and she eventually told her boss she quit and she left to start her own business. Now, the next person, and this is uh, also an interesting story as well. Let me just find out exactly where it is. And this was the one that that was just kind of shocking to me. Let me just scroll down for a second to find this information. So the next person, she was a real estate investment project manager, and she said she experienced discrimination at work. And when she told her boss that she had more responsibilities and was held to higher standards than a white female counterpart, they guess what her boss told her? Her boss said, that she should focus on being a better culture fit and that she should humble herself. 
And they, you already know black women ain't going, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. If you, I don't yeah. care if it's your sister, your mother, your, your, your lady friend, you can't tell no black lady to humble herself because that's, that's just there. But, you know, those are just some of the things they said about um, black women leaving corporate. And Dave, you know, I know, um, you know, you work for the state. Have you kind of seen some of that? And I, I'm, the state's probably very diverse, so it may not be as much. But have you seen, you know, black women leaving the state because of microaggressions and maybe workload and unfair practice, even though it may not be discrimination, but just unfair work practices or what they think that may be? Well, yes, I, I can say that for sure. Uh, over the last five years, I would say we've had a mass exodus of women leaving the state for various reasons, um, black women especially. And it's, you know, trying not to be politically incorrect um, by saying this, but, you know, a lot of the top management jobs in the state are whites, which is interesting because all throughout the state of Delaware, from top to bottom, when you look at the number of state workers versus the number of black state workers versus the number of white state workers, we outnumber the we outnumber the number of white um, state workers triple, you know, easily, you know, right. um, and but yet a lot of them in the top positions, um, which is really interesting. And some of them you're saying to yourself, well, how did they get this position? And you know, why are they in that position? You know. Um, and a lot of the females, because the state is, the, the workforce is mostly women in, in the state. It's not a lot of men that work for, now there are certain state agencies you might find more men than others, you know, like some of the correctional uh, institutions or whatever the case may be um, on that side. But as far as, you know, your a lot of the other state agencies is mostly ran by women. And... um you find that, yeah, after a period of time, a lot of women are leaving to go elsewhere or to work from home. I, I know at least three people who I know has left the state um, over the last couple of years that have started their own businesses and they're working from home. Um, um, or they went to work for companies that they could work for. Work for sure. Home. You know, sure. you know, because. With everything that's going on in the world today and you have to deal with the mental, uh, no, well, when nobody wants to deal with mental abuse and nobody wants to deal with any type of uh, um, behavior that would result in belittling someone, you know, especially if you're a black female. And for both of these situations that you just mentioned, it's really crazy that they had to go through that, but it's not uncommon because right. that's exactly right. what's going on in the workplace. They always seem to think, uh, well, as you, you know, 
is going to be a little bit of a recurring theme in tonight's show when it comes to black females, you know. So um, I I just think that we just have to make sure that we don't allow anyone to make us feel other than, and especially if we're in these positions where we have some power, where we're we're allowed to show how confident and how how smart we are by being able to to do certain things. I um, I remember a friend of mine just told me she worked for uh, um, Exelon. Um, you know, you know, Exelon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. She worked for Exelon for over 20 something years and she decided to leave Exelon to go to uh, another company, which was one of their rivals. And the only reason she found out the only reason that this company, and they gave her everything she asked for money wise, everything that she asked for. And she told them exactly what it would take for her to leave. They pursued her. They told her what exactly it was for, it was going to take for her to leave her job that she had with excellence. They gave her everything she asked for. The first thing they asked her when she settled into her new office was what? All right, what can you tell us about Exelon and what they do there? They hired her basically to get the 411 on Exelon. And when she wouldn't right. tell them anything, the smiling faces went away. She said, I'm not here for that. I didn't come here so I can right. tell you how they do things or whatever, because she was a project manager with Exelon. And that's what she is with this company. Well, we're giving you this, we're giving you that, we're paying you this. You got to help us out because uh, obviously we want to make sure that we we compete with them or be better than them. And you have some of the keys. And that's one of the reasons that we brought you here. And she was like, huh? You didn't bring me here based on my ability? You didn't bring, So you have no faith in that I can help you guys to become what you're trying to become? You know, but the, you know, and she's, Ever since she's been there, she's been struggling. Right. Because because she's dealing she's the only person that looks like her in that office. And she's also had those situations where there's been meetings that she wasn't privy to. Right. But yet they said, Where were you? Okay. <laughs> you know, yep. that type of thing. You know, so so I can see it. I can see how that could happen. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely a crazy thing. And to be honest, just the way the world is now, I can just see more and more people leaving and start their own job. One of the things that uh, they said in one of the comments is, you know, a lot of these black women who are credentialed and experienced and organized and um, business savvy, you know, those skills transfer right into owning their own business. So, you know, it kind of, you know, it, it makes sense. And of course, Black Enterprise came out with this. Um, I'm sorry, not Black Enterprise. Uh, I, I, say you said Black Enterprise. <laughs> I, I know. Um, it was another organization, um, and I, maybe it was a census, but they said Black women are the fastest growing group of business owners slash entrepreneurs. So this kind of makes sense with you know the statistics and what we hear. So. You know, I, I just thought it was yeah. an interesting article. And this is, I mean, I don't work in corporate America, but um, I understand micro, even as a black man, Dave, and I'll show you the same way. I understand microaggressions, racism, and uh, being discriminated at work. So, you know, 
Um, that's one of the reasons why I yeah. like I like to work from home. And I'm like, Dave, come on, you better take one of them home jobs. Remote. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, well, you know, maybe when I retire, then I could do stuff from home. You know, maybe I'll I'll do it then. But you know, I can't I can't do what I do and be home um, because that would not work for me. But if I gotcha. if I was to retire, mm-hmm. and which you know is coming. Um, and I could find something I can do from home. I'd do that. Yeah, right. I would definitely do that. Yeah, so gotcha. Understood. But, um, but speaking of, but speaking of, you know, discrimination and everything, and and you know what black women are going through in the corporate workplace and so forth, that kind of leads us into our very next story, right? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if if you guys have heard about this, but. I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention because I think it's I think it's a, a good story and with a good ending. And I just think that um, if you're a person that that are, you know having issues in your workplace and you're able to document and all of that kind of stuff, there's there's a possibility, you know, that things could work out in a positive way for you. So, and I'm going to bring up the story about. Uh, this particular black woman who won a massive uh, $366 million racial discrimination payout against, of all people, Federal uh, Federal Express. Now, that number in itself, 366, that's a big payout. You know, so you know they had to find some stuff really, really wrong here to pay that kind of money. That's a Powerball jackpot right. you know what i'm saying and, and you know, then you know you right. know i stand just real quick there's people who get exonerated after 40 years in jail you know found guilty um people who wrongful death and like they don't even mm-hmm. get 366 million so i'm i'm, I'm, I, know, that's, I'm I mean that's, that's i'm what like curious so how this story goes yeah. yeah 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 that's what made it so interesting when you see the number itself it looks like a lottery payout instead of something that you would normally see in these types of situations but let me give you a little background to it. I'm going uh, to read a little bit about this. So this is about Jennifer Harris of Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. <laughs> we back in Texas again. Why well, all of our stories seem to come out of Texas, man? I was going to say probably uh, a, lot of, a lot of our followers in Texas. So, you know, they they they, 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 they want to hear these Texas uh, atrocities. <laughs> it, and, and we have some people in Fort Worth that listen to us, right. so I'm sure they know all about the story. So um, it says a black woman received $366 million jewelry award after suing her former employer, employer for racial discrimination and retaliation. Jennifer Harris of Fort Worth, Texas, won the judgment after suing FedEx, her employer of 12 years, whom she accused of terminating her unjustly after she reported a supervisor's hostile behavior towards her. Now, here, you know, this sounds like what we were just talking about, right? Uh, just judging on, you know, the reason that she did it. So I'm just going to read a couple things from the story. Um, she said, in the lawsuit, Harris accused the supervisor of asking her to take a demotion to a lower position because she was so good at what she was doing. Here we go. That's the okie doke, right? Right. Um, in a separate interview with WFAA, Harris said 
her supervisor told her, you have been very successful as an account executive, and it doesn't seem as if you love your job that you should consider, you know, going back to something that you love, okay? That's that's that shade. That's that side shade right, right. there. Uh, when Harris refused, the lawsuit said the supervisor's negative treatment escalated. Harris complained to human resources that she believed that she was receiving the treatment because of her race. The department said it would investigate, but instead, Harris says she was written up for poor performance afterwards. Um, hold on for a minute. Now, it's, uh, you know, it sounds like that they write, you know, so far that they've had an answer, you know, to everything that's going on so far, but they, of course, obviously slipped up somewhere. Uh, um, in June it is when they followed up with their results of the investigation. And then 23, 23 days later, I'm given a letter of um, counseling. And within my 12-year career, I have never been written up. So to me, that was blatant, that was blatant um, retaliation, Harris said. Harris was terminated in January 2020, right before the pandemic, apparently. She bought a lawsuit against the company and hired the firm, uh, um, hired the Sanford firm, which specializes in rights to, in civil rights to represent her. Led by her, by father and daughter dual Brian Stanford and Elizabeth B.B. Stanford, the law firm felt Harris had a clear case. The goal of the HR and the racial discrimination complaint, a retaliation report, should be to do a fair investigation and keep the employees safe. Going after and before the investigation, and when those systems break down, as they did in the FedEx case, huge problems happened, Sanford said. So apparently, you know, they felt, now for them to even take this case on, they must have felt that it was definitely, definitely um, workable. And she had a, a good case because of everything that she had said. And this lady was pretty smart too, because she documented everything right. and she when things started going awry she started documenting everything and how the company had treated her and the fact that the her manager came to her and said hey you know don't look like you're having fun maybe you should go back and do something go back to doing something that you were having fun at which meant that she was going to have to take a demotion in order to do that and so they, they obviously could bring their, you know, whoever they wanted to bring on. So, um, so she, um, she said that we strong, it says here, we strongly disagree with the verdict. This is after the verdict was read because of course FedEx was upset. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. Yeah. $366 million. I'll be upset too. The jury agreed and awarded uh, Harris the 366 in damages. FedEx says it plans to appeal. We strongly disagree with the verdict, and we appeal. We will appeal. FedEx does not engage or tolerate retaliation. The company 
said in the statement. They didn't say that they didn't uh, that they didn't um, have racial issues right. there. They didn't say that. You know, we follow our protocols for performance management with Ms. Harris, and are confident that we acted properly regarding her termination. Um, and she just said that she was glad that she decided to stand up for herself because she was, you know, obviously this woman was a smart woman and she wasn't going to let them get away with what they were doing. You know, black women have a double minority anyway because, you know, they're women and they're black. And even though we got a lot of movers and shakers, you know, in corporate America and a lot of this self um in 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 um their own self employment um businesses and so forth there's a lot of black women running running um the show and and being the boss i mean you have one of those high power people in your household as well so you know that they're not going to stand for not being equal made right. to feel equal in a situation you know and if you mess with the right one this is what's going to happen because they ain't going to let you get away with it. Right, right. So, you know, so I'm sure that they will, you know, like, you know, FedEx is definitely going to try to appeal, try to get some of that money back. But, you know, $366 million. Yeah, I ain't man. mad at this woman at all, man. I ain't yeah, mad at her because at all. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, she didn't die. You know, she's not in jail. She, wait, hold on. She's in Texas. I know, but, uh, but I'm, I'm just saying, terms, like, like I've never seen a, a, a lawsuit win this big with no death involved and no wrong for jail time, which is. But, it, but, but, but think about it, though. It is, this is like a lottery win. Like I keep saying, that number is like a lottery number. And, you know, all kinds of crazy things happen when people get awarded this kind of money or, or you know, or you get this kind of money. And I just wonder how much her life is going to change. And then is she going to stay in the state of Texas or is she going to, or is she going to have to move elsewhere? Because I just don't see how there won't be some retaliation from this. I mean, maybe. Um, so um, two things I want to know about what you said. One is you said, they said she did not look happy in her job. Dave, you know how many jobs that was their way of trying to get her to move. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know how many jobs I had that I hated, but you know, pe- people work. Majority of people work because they need the money, not because they love the job. You know, which is just so crazy. And um, two, so a lot of lawsuits that we see that are this big, a lot of times when the companies do appeal them, um, they do get reduced. Because what's going to yeah, happen is if she wins this and it stays at $366 million, that kind of sets a precedent. So now the next person suing for the same type of discrimination can go $400 million And, you know, so I, 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 Dave, I guarantee, you remember the Tesla guy? He won $39 million yeah. from Tesla. Yeah. And they came back yeah. and they reduced it into like $5 million or something. So I would not be surprised if there's a, a large drop in that. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if it drops to less than a hundred million. But we know FedEx is a big company, and they yeah. got you know. I'm sure they probably said, "Okay, 
we're going to go back to court and they're probably coming back with some real heavy hitting hitter lawyers, you know, and that's going to try to get them some of that money back. <laughs> and, you know, um, I, I can't imagine her. I, I still think she'll still walk away with, with, with three digits, you know, um, you know, as opposed to under, I mean, if she goes under three digits, that'd be crazy. Really. Yeah. It would. Well, you know, I, I would so, not be surprised. Yeah. And we yeah, already know but, when they come back, they're going to try to discredit her. They said she was a great employee, but they're going to come back and try to discredit her character and and all right, that in order to right. win their point. Yeah, and and of course, you know, well, she she went on. She's working for another company now. Um, let's see, what's it? She took a position, according to her LinkedIn profile. Harris is now a pharmacy sales consultant. At McKesson, <laughs> pharmacy sales consultant. That's interesting. Hmm. But you know, and she's probably working from home. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know. So, but congratulations, Miss Harris, and uh, hopefully, you know, they they uh, there's their bid to try to get some of that money back fails, you know, you know, uh, send them a package, send them a package, you know, saying, sorry, <laughs> you know, so, right. you know, so, yeah, so, all right, what's our next story? All right, so our next one is a story about an Alabama man who basically was baked to death in, in an overheated jail cell. So, um, of course, this is a story about Thomas Lee Rutledge. He was 44 years old. He died in his Alabama prison cell December 7, 2020, when his body temperature reached 109 degrees. His family has filed a lawsuit accusing the staff of deliberately causing his death and ignoring the complaints of inmates warning about the extreme heat. An investigator uh, checked on Rutledge the night he died and described um, opening his cell door, stating it was hotter than three hells. Um, so the lawsuit accuses staff of ignoring the signs of a broken air conditioning, or air conditioning system, and not fixing it leading up to Rutledge's death. So, I mean, th- th- this is just crazy. And we talk about... uh cruel and unusual punishment you know this is what it is um one of the stories says that um when he when he was found in his jail cell he was um his nose or head was to the window trying to get air out so i guess i guess they have some type of little window in their jail cell and he was pressed out pressed his head was pressed to that trying to get whatever cool air um flew in so um his jail cell was between 100 to 104 degrees and of course eventually his body temperature just rose until his um you know until he stopped living and mr rutledge was a black man i take it right yes i'm i'm sorry and mr rutledge was a black man and he was in a correctional facility in Bessemer, Alabama, which is right outside of Birmingham. 
So, I mean, de- definitely wow. a shame. And um, uh, on top of that, at the time of his death, he was taking medication. So that heat, um, the heat and the medication, uh, you know, together could have increased his chances of, you know, his uh, passing. Yeah, that was during COVID too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, right, right around the heat of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really a shame. Now, is there a lawsuit or anything? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so his family had filed a lawsuit, like a wrongful death. Well, I'm sorry, not even a wrongful death lawsuit. They have filed a lawsuit. Um, they state that he has been in prison since he was 17 years old, 1995. He was convicted of murder. Um, sentenced to life with the, without the possibility of parole. Um, of course he, had, his family says he had dreams of obtaining his freedom and joining his mother in Alaska and starting a new and productive life. So, um, very sad to hear. So of course we'll, you know, we can kind of keep our eye on this and see what, what the follow up may be if they win their case, what dollar amount, um, may be awarded to them and of course what responsibility um the jails are going to take on making sure those air because you know birmingham alabama now this was december but you know um you know i'm sure it gets hot down there and those those prisons probably heat up quicker than the outside now how far is your place down there so we're we're about an hour from birmingham okay what's the temperature like down there right about um so right now it's probably in the so I look, it's probably in like the 60s sure. yeah so i mean the only thing i can think of is um and you know dave even up here you know how i like there was some day in december when it, re- it felt like 70 or 80 like i remember going outside mm-hmm. and uh you know so i'm guessing maybe it was just one of those instances down there where, you know, of course it gets a little hotter. Maybe it was in the 90. Well, they said it was between 90 and, uh, they said the, hold on, let me see. So it said temperatures in his confinement reached 101 to 104 degrees. So, you know, not exactly sure. And that was, that was in December. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So it almost sounds like. So of course, theory is they kind of did it on purpose. Yeah, I know that's where I'm going to go. Like, yeah, did yeah did he upset somebody or? (laughs) I mean, I wonder what happened. Right, no telling. But you know, we'll we'll definitely make sure we follow this story, and if there's any updates, you know, I'll try to bring them back to the show. So for our next story, and this is a story, um, just for some context, there is a uh, a white female, and she's talking about statistics of fatherless homes 
Um, I believe she's talking specifically about the black community, but she may just be talking about it in general. But Dave, I'm, I'm just going to play this because this was very interesting. I know you kind of from a social worker background, you probably hear a lot of this as well. But let me just go ahead and play this clip. Fathers in the home have lower self-esteem. Okay, fine. That sucks. But also women with low self-esteem are more, are more promiscuous. No father family is more, more likely to be victims of abuse, especially with single Mothers, the more opportunities a child has to interact with biological fire, the less likely they are to commit a crime or have contact with the juvenile justice system. Okay, another way to say that is men and women who are incarcerated, the population of the prisons mostly encompass fatherless homes. Now, here's something that no one else has mentioned, which I think is cool, and I, I don't really say this eloquently. If a man and wife raise a child, they're less likely to end up in jail but they have the same statistical chance as children raised by just their father. So if we want to keep children, adults, out of prison, mother, father, or just father? Well, we don't want to hear just father, so let's try to keep the families intact. I think that just seems, that just seems better. Girls with no... So this was interesting to hear because I've never, you know, I, I don't not believe it, but I just never heard it where they said, Kids who are raised with a mother and father in the household are the same statistically as kids who are raised with just a father, as in not going to prison or, you know, whatever that not going to prison rate is. And, you know, I, I thought that was interesting. Of course, we do always hear that kids who grow up with a father, um, you know, we just hear how beneficial that is in general. Um, for most children, period. But, you know, the other part was just interesting. What, what's your take on it, Dave? I've never heard this take on it before. I mean, right. you know, we've, there's been the same takes for years as far as, you know, uh, household makeup, mm -hmm. um, whether you had, both parents in the home and 1.2 or three children, um, how the children were going to turn out based on the fact of whether the parents stayed together or whether they didn't stay together. Um, the, the statistics can be all over the place with as far as that's concerned. It's just like you could be the best parent in the world to your child, and whether you have both parents being the best parents or one parent being the best parent, a mother or a father, it doesn't matter, and that child becomes child's man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because they had everything so perfect for them coming up, that they come in contact with something or someone who's so opposite of them that really intrigues them and they start doing things based on the fact that they're intrigued with how these other people or other person might live, you know? Right. Um, you know, as a child, if you had a friend that appeared to have more than you, you just assume they were living better than you. Sure. Well, yeah, aesthetically, they might have been. 
but then there might have been a lot of stuff going on in that household that might have been messing that child up mentally right that you find out later on they had you know once they, you start seeing they have some issues it came from what was going on in that household that you didn't necessarily pay attention to because you were so blown away by the aesthetics of everything that was going on in that household. You know, um, you, Oh, here's a perfect example of that. Have you heard all the stuff going on with Romeo Miller and his father? Uh-huh. And, you know, you know, Nate let it spill onto social media talking about, you know, all of this different things about, you know, Romeo started saying, well, you know, you'd never, you don't care about me and so forth and so forth because, you know, and, and, you know, and if we're talking about mental illness and talking about, you know, cause he was saying that he, he's in a place right now, Romeo, that's not good and so forth. And that his father's nowhere to be found and how, how, his father felt, you know, because of course Romeo's sister died of a drug overdose mm-hmm. and said the father wasn't supportive and and then it came out <laughs> that Romeo was mad because he said he was broke. Right. And that the father wasn't looking out for him. That he's the only one he said that he you know, out of all the family that was involved in in in, um, in no limit and everything, that you know, that Master P was the only one that was living large. You know, and that you know, here he is, he's out there without any money and saying that he's broke, and you know, he has kids or whatever the case may be, and you know, it's just interesting. Here's this kid that grew up with all, you know, when he was young, you saw them two together all the time. Right, right. You know, I, I think it may just be a case of, you know, of course, they're always going to be the outliers. But do you think in general, homes where the father is present, even if it's just the father, do you think, um, what What do you think about those statistics? <sighs> um. I think it's I think it's um possible that if it's just the father I I I've saw I've seen statistics that says if it's just the father raising a child or maybe two or three children that a lot of times that father tends to be a lot more attentive to mm-hmm. those children because he doesn't want to fail as a father right because the statistics say he's going to fail because the mother is not in the home and the mother is usually the nurturer parent the nurturing parent of the two and and um it well you know you well i mean i don't have to tell you because you know your situation um you're in a situation where, you know, uh, you're in a blended. <laughs> go, go, ahead, go ahead, spit it you out, know? Dave. Yeah, yeah, you're in a blended situation, and you know, you, you know, when you have your your children with you, um, you can see you can see how, you know, things go because 
you know, the time you spend with them versus the time that they're not with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. You know, one thing I think about raising kids and I think fathers have an advantage over mothers and, and they ho- hopefully we, um, if we if you have any hate mail, send it to Dave. OK, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, one of the advantage I think fathers have over mothers is that. And, and Dave, you can probably agree because. Um, well, you can probably agree. So for my son. There's things that I can teach my son that his mother cannot teach him, you know, and and of course we all know that on the flip side, there's things I can teach my daughter about how men are and how men act that I feel will benefit her more than what her mother. And I mean, that, that part may be a little controversial, but you know, I I feel like okay, I know how men think, so I can kind of hit my daughter to the game better than their mother can. I think. Well, fathers tend to, and of course, fathers always feel that way because, of course, right. you know, if they want to keep it real, they want to tell, they want to say, well, okay, if a dude does this, then this is what he wants. You know, if a dude says this, this is what he wants, or or watch out for this situation because if this situation happens i can tell you what the what's really going on you know of course we you know we want to tell them everything because the last thing we want to do is have our daughter put in a situation our daughters put in a situation right that could be harmful or or you know especially not beneficial for them and because we know men and if you let them they will (laughs) you know what i mean so right and that's the situation. And so we have to make sure that um, we got to make sure that we, you know, as parents, that we're doing everything possible to connect um, with our kids and, 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 and do the things that are necessary, especially at a young age. Um, because if you don't do that, Later on, you find yourself trying to to make up for lost time, and that doesn't always work out that well, right? You know, so I'm, you know, you know, as far as the the video that we heard, you know, uh, that's it's a new way of putting it. I've never never looked at it that way before, but mm-hmm. I can see where some of the things that she was saying you know, where she was going with some of the things that she was saying, but I also know that, you know, and um, of course you, you can kind of dictate a lot of how a child will grow up. I mean, it's a different day and age now because, you know, kids are more influenced by social media and other things than they are by their parents anymore. You know what I mean? You know, because the, the peer pressure is really, really out there you know and and unfortunately you and i have done too many stories on what happens when peer pressure is too much you know so um with these young people so but i guess we we would definitely do a follow-up and 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 see you know i'm sure there'll be some other stories that kind of connect to this as we move along right definitely okay all right. Uh, we're going to move on to 
some tea. Um, I don't know if everybody heard Lori Harvey's on to her next victim. I mean, next um, person. Lori Harvey's every everybody's favorite social life. Who's who's you know she's a beast. I ain't gonna lie, she really is. You know she, you know she did a very good article in Essence about her life, and uh, you know you know of course she talks about her split with uh, Michael B. Jordan, and this girl she's just doing her thing. She really is. I don't um, like her. You know I don't like her. I know, I know, I know you don't like her. I know you don't. You said that once before to me, uh, but you know, I think there's a number of reasons that people don't like her because, you know, of course, you know her, how she seems to have that way about her, and of course, you know, her father just, you know, well, he's not even a real father, right. but he acts like he's a real father, you know. And everybody says she's being her mother, you know, because, you know, everybody knows the story of her mother, you know, and, but she's, she's made a name for, she's like the black Kim Kardashian. What do you think? A lot of people compare her to, compare her to that. She's a little bit smarter, you know, she's smarter. So I, I, just, I, the way I, she moves. I feel like Kim has more tact. If I had to, I now, would compare. Now she does. Now she does. Not at first. I would compare her to the black Lindsay Lohan. That, that'd be more of my comparison. Lindsay Lohan. Wow. Okay. All right. You mean young Lindsay? Lindsay yes, back yes. in the day when she was, but Lindsay was getting in all kinds of stuff back then. You know that, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I still that that yeah. that's more the comparison that I see her at. Okay, that's interesting. I kind of see her more as a Kim, you know, because she's always got to be out there. She's mm-hmm. always got, you look who I'm dating now, whatever. Um, you know, her, her, you know, she, everything kind of plays out there in the public, you know. Um, I I just think that she's, she's, of course, you know, when she, when you're, who she is, I guess she can do all of that. You know, you can be who, be with right. who you want to be with. And she's still young, and you know, um, of course she's carrying that Harvey name. So you know, right. You know, and got, and got the umbrella over. Top I don't of know her. if you heard, but she also makes people who date her sign an NDA with yeah. a mil- with a million dollar penalty. Uh, well, I, I just look at it like, well, I mean, of course she, the reason that she was brought up tonight because she's dating, um, Damson, um, Idris. And if that, you know, um, that name doesn't sound familiar to you guys. If anybody watches the show Snowfall, that's Franklin on, on Snowfall, um, the, uh, the actual star of the show. And uh, that's my show. I love I love Snowfall. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, Franklin is the cool dude. Um, Damson is from. Um, he's one of these uh, another one of these European actors that come over and taking the states by uh, storm. You know, he's one of the British actors. But uh, 
apparently they were spotted out, you know, late night dinner and hanging out together. And, and people, you know, kind of said that it's not the first time they've been seen together. So they are supposedly the new item out there. So um, I guess we'll see how long that lasts between the two of them, because when snowfall comes back on, it's supposed to be their final season. So right. I guess he'll maybe I guess he'll maybe date him while he's getting his check. Oh, did I say that? Okay, I guess I did. It, <laughs> you know, but we'll see is how long she stays around because you know if she can walk away from Michael B. Jordan, you know, and he's one of the ha- hottest actors out right. there, you know. Uh, you no, know nobody stands a chance. You know, look, Nobody stands a chance, you know, so, you know, so I guess we'll see about that. Um, also, I mentioned to you before we came on the air, I saw a video about Alfonso Ribeiro talking about uh, his love of white women. And I thought that was very interesting because he's on stage at a concert. You probably, uh, if you look, you probably see the video. Um, he's on stage at a concert with a, there's a white band on stage and I'm not sure who the band is and he he's on the mic and he's just talking about how he likes to f white women and you know apparently he sounds mm-hmm. like he's been drinking or something right I'm sure and you know like anytime he goes into a bar he le- he always leaves with a white woman and all of this stuff and especially if she got blonde hair I'm gonna f this I'm gonna f her and all He's talking all kinds of crazy stuff, man, you know. And I'm like, whoa, is you know, what is he doing? Is this career suicide? And, of course, you know, he married a white girl, right. you know. So, But he apparently was talking a bunch of mad, crazy stuff in this video. Then he starts rapping at the end of it about white women. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it was, it was I, I was just like... As long as you don't start doing the Tom Jones dance, I'm good. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so. but um, I, it's just interesting because I know um, Amanda Seal, um, you know, Amanda Seal is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, she has a new radio program and she was talking about it on her radio program. And, and she was like, ooh, does he know? You know, does he really know? Because, I mean, it just was not a good look for him to be on stage doing all that talk, especially with him hosting a couple TV shows and stuff right. like that, you know? So, but I just thought that was interesting. And then uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up was, of course, you know, ever since it happened, you know, there's been a lot of talk about DJ Twitch and his suicide, apparent suicide. And apparently you know, it was, it wasn't, it was definitely suicide. Apparently it was a situation where he uh, apparently left a note. He talked to his grandfather prior to, you know, committing suicide. But I still find, I mean, do you still find this story a little strange? Um, I mean, yes. It, this, yes. This and- event. Yes and no. I mean, just the fact that he would leave his house and go to a hotel room. Yeah. Um, I find that strange. Now, I can see if he did it, maybe because if he knew he was going to commit suicide and his kids were in the house, you know, maybe he wouldn't do it, want to do it there. But, I mean, 
I, I don't know. It, it's just very strange. But, you know, I think the thing with suicide is we there's always so many. Because you remember we talked about the um, Miss America. She jumped out the window for Miss America. She right. jumped out the window. And it's like right. we always have so many questions. And I think we just have to be OK knowing that we're not going to get the answer to everything or at least not on our time. Yeah. And then I wonder, you know, if maybe, you know, there's some cover up to to this story as well, because I mean, I just find it amazing that nobody ever threw out the possibility that he could have been meeting somebody there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why he went to that particular hotel. Um, of course, a lot of people said that the reason that he went there because he wanted to make sure somebody found his body, you know, yeah. after. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, they would have found out the house. Himself. Like, that would have been the first place they would have found out of the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, or if he went somewhere and, you know, well, if he took his car, that's one thing. Because the wife probably wouldn't have reacted the way she did if he had he hadn't if he had taken his car. You know, but she said that he never leaves his car at the house. And so that made her suspicious. And I'm like, I mean, if you if you left your house and you left your car home and you left your house, do you think your wife would have reacted that way? Never. They if, if we got in a fight and I left the house, she would not call the cops. If we Even were on, if you left your car there. Yeah, regardless. If we were on good terms and I left the house in an Uber, she I'm like j- just going straight to the I feel like the wife knew he was feeling a certain way. Maybe maybe the wife knew he was suicidal. And, you know, she probably just didn't want to tell everybody because maybe she didn't know if he was going to do it or not. But, you know, as a, you know, kind of like we, we hear before, a lot of people who are more, maybe more conscious, say that they refuse to call the police on a black man who doesn't need the police involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for her to go straight to the now, if she went straight to the mama's house, if she went straight to the sister's house, his boy's house, but she went straight to the police. Who does that, Dave? That, yeah, I know. That's what that's what had me so shook up is the fact that she went straight to the cops. Like, why would she do that now? So that tells me that something had been said prior to him leaving that house, right? You know, that made her think that way. Um, she said there was no argument, but then she had to think that he wasn't in his right mind, right at that time, right. And um, and maybe she know, knew know if she called was, the police that that would escalate the situation, that would push him over the edge. I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. They said he checked into the hotel with a with a small um like overnight bag, you know. And um so I mean if there was anything going on and, and you never heard them say that anybody heard the gunshot. And and I think this would be the missing piece for us. They said there was a suicide letter, but no one ever said what it what it said on it. Yeah, they they never really said what was said. Uh, 
said, but they yeah definitely said there was a suicide note. And then, it, then of course, you know, you also got to think about how um, with committing suicide, how the insurance companies, and I think we talked about this, the insurance companies probably wouldn't pay. You know, yeah, they, any they, they won't insurance policy. So, unless he had already made sure there was money left, you know, left for them to live off of. Because apparently the home that they just moved into was a $4 million home that they've only been in a few months. And, you know, he still had, you know, some other things that he was doing, um, you know, for income. Of course, they were talking about that he was a big investor in cryptocurrency and that he had lost some money there, but they said he wasn't in financial ruins, according to what I heard something on TMZ. They said he wasn't in any financial ruin. So, um, but it just seems to me that if you're looking, if you're looking out for your family, that is committing suicide was the best way to go. And you know, it just seems strange. I guess we see too many TV shows and, and yeah, conspiracy right. theory type stuff. You know, because it always seems like as much every time they try to make it look like a suicide that something else is going on, you know, that something else happened, you know. So I I just thought it was interesting because there's been a lot of talk about this story. And I guess because of the surprise, you know, of it. Like I said, I've seen him and his wife on TikTok many times dancing. Never. And I just always used to say to myself, this guy looks so familiar to me. And I kept saying to myself, why does he look familiar to me? Right. Not knowing it was the same guy on Ellen. I just, it, I feel so stupid that I didn't realize it was him, you know? And, and, but, you know, they just look like they were just so much in love and they did everything together. Their, their dancing was like, you could tell they practiced and they moved the mm-hmm. same way and everything, you know? And, you know, and this guy has made a lot of money from doing that stuff, you know, and they were very popular on these social media sites. So, um, I don't know. I, it, 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 it's, as a person that, you know, degrees in social, uh, I mean, in, um, in psychology and, and being a social worker on top of it, you know, and, 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 and dealing with people that have different types of issues and whatever, it, it it strikes a chord with me uh, a lot, just the whole story. It really does, and especially somebody. But then, hey, over the last year, we talked about a number of people who yeah. looked like they were they had everything to live for, who are not living there. Right. That is correct. Yeah. So. But I'm sure with, I'm sure the story won't go away. And I and look, and you know I'm going to say if some if some crazy mess comes up where they say, oh, okay, we got we got new we got new information on this, and he wasn't alone, and this happened, and this happened. You know I'm going to be all on it because I'm going to say, right, hey, right. let him remember. I told you, I told you there was something else going on there. So yeah, so, but and and not to make light of anything when it comes to mental illness. It seems like we have a lot of that in the world today. Our young people, 
I mean, he was only 40 years old. I mean, I got kids older than him. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, it's, it's really a shame. And when you look at, you know, the Gen Xers and the Gen Zs, they just seem to be in a whole nother place, man. They really do. That's crazy. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it for the T. And we're going to move on to Leonard's favorite spot, Dave's Corner. <laughs> I know everybody always loves it when I say Leonard's favorite spot, Dave's Corner. <laughs> you know, so. And since we're in the holiday season, after all, oh, you know, we didn't even talk about this. You know, Christmas is coming up, you know, Christmas well, is Sunday. this weekend. Yeah, Sunday. And, uh, you know, um, so I figured I'd just throw a, a, a question out there that has to do with the holidays. So this is my question on Dave's Corner. It's kind of a two-part question. How old were you? When you found out about Santa Claus, found out that Santa Claus was not real, and how did you find out? So, to be honest, I don't exactly remember, but I do remember when I found out it wasn't no, you know, it wasn't no heartbreak or anything. You know, um, I'm, I'm sure I was in middle school at some point, and. I probably realized there was no Santa probably just from sneaking down the steps and seeing my dad put presents under the tree. And, you know, and then when I go see the presents, they say Santa and I was just like, Oh, okay. And they, to be honest, just riding the school bus. Like if, if, if you're, if you're in middle school and you ride the school bus, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll learn real quick from them eighth graders that uh, yeah. as a fourth grader or younger that, you know, Santa ain't real. Well, I didn't you? have that luxury. I didn't have that luxury riding school buses when I was coming up. So, <laughs> you know, not 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 in not as an elementary school because the elementary school was in my neighborhood. But uh, but when I went to middle school, there was buses that went to the school. But I would always we would always walk to school. So, um, I was about ten years old. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood that was full of children and, you know, we all were, you know, it was, it was a pretty unique area. I mean, you know, we, I lived in the projects and Riverside projects, but, you know, we never looked at it that way. We, you know, everything was just like so much fun back then, you know, and everybody believed in Santa Claus at that time. And I just remember at 10, um, I used to have a couple older friends, and one day, and and, and keep in mind, especially back during that time, because I'm older than you, back during that time, the parents really made you think Santa Claus was real. I mean, they really made you think it. Just the way they did things. I remember my parents would make us, you know, when my father and mother were still together, and even after they split up, that they she they would make us go to bed at a certain time and we had to be asleep and all of this stuff. They would make noise late at night to make it seem like Santa Claus had came or whatever, that type of thing. You know, we would think we were here uh, 
because it was hard, you know, of course, you know, your mind's racing or whatever. You try to make yourself go to sleep and you never really fell into that dark, that deep sleep because you always try to catch Santa Claus, you know, catch a clip from And I I remember, like, I thought I would hear, you know, you know, uh, somebody walking on the roof and all of that kind of stuff that, you know, it was just crazy. They had us so psyched out back then. And, And I just remember having this conversation with one of my friends where he said to me, you know, Santa Claus ain't real, right? <laughs> and I just looked at him and I, I never forget this conversation later. I'll never forget it. And I said, his name was Marvin. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, Santa Claus ain't real. And I said, of course he's real. I said, where do you think we get all these toys and everything from? He said, your parents. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him. I said, my parents. He said, yeah. He said, that's where it came from. Think about it. All right. You told your parents you what you wanted, right? Yeah. Okay. And you got everything that you wanted in most cases um, because you told your parents that's what you wanted. But, yeah, but they, they uh, told Santa Claus. How did they tell Santa Claus? Right. You know, they had a direct line to him. Santa Claus is going to answer everybody's call. Remember, this dude goes around the world in one night. Right. You know, I don't care how fast his reindeers are. They ain't happening. <laughs> That's what Marvin, Marvin was telling me. He was breaking it down to me, right? And then Marvin said, how does Santa Claus enter your house? And this was the, this was the thing that got me later. He said, how does Santa Claus enter your house? I said, through the chimney. He said, well, first of all, why would a fat white guy want to come uh, to our neighborhood <laughs> and go down the chimney? Don't you think he would be all black by the time he got down the chimney? Right. You know, and then he said, let me show you something. So he takes me and he pulls me by, the show, uh, by my jacket. <laughs> he pulls me out to the street in front of my house. He said, look up on the, look up over your house. And then we had the slanted roofs. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, what do you not see up there? And I'm looking and I said, the chimney. And he said, that's right. You don't have one. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said, so that mixes that ideal, right? Now there were some houses that did have chimney, but right. we didn't have, they didn't have, um, they didn't have, um, what you call them? They didn't have, um, fireplaces right but they had chimneys mm-hmm. he said and look at the size of the ones that do have chimneys ain't no way a fat white guy getting down that chimney okay so just stop it he he really put a hurting on me man he best my head up so much he said he said so do you think your parents are standing at a window waiting for him to come through the window no they ain't having right. either the only way he's going to get in your house is if he comes through the front door that's the only way you're going to get in your house. And second of all, don't you think you would hear him come in the front door? And he's just breaking it down to me. And by the time he got finished talking to me, man, I was crying. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, I said, so they've been lying to me all this time. <laughs> I, was, right. I was done, man. I was done. I was and, like, and, I was and, like, so done. And, and a day you said you were, you were in 11th grade at the time, right? No, no, no. <laughs> you're about 16 years old. Uh, no, I wasn't that old. I was 10, like I told you. Yeah, you know, it was it was a rude awakening, and 
so forth. And, you know, I was just done after that. I remember, I remember just wanting to tell it, tell all the little kids after mm-hmm. that, that, you know, once I, because he convinced me. You want to spill the beans? Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to make them feel the way I was feeling. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, so hey, what, uh, what, what were you saying? Hurt, hurt people, hurt parents. people, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, that's right. I re- yeah, I remember confronting my my, my mother, and, and my father laughed about it. He thought it was funny, you know. But my mother, I was saying, "Mom, ain't no Santa Claus. Why have y'all been lying to us all this year?" And she just looked at me. She said, "It is a Santa Claus." She said, <laughs> "I said, Mom, just stop it. I right. know there's not a Santa Claus." And so forth. And she was saying, "Well, why do you know that?" I said, "Because no way Santa." Santa Claus can do this, this, and this, especially in one night and all of this mm-hmm. stuff is going through everything that Marvin told me, right? And she just started laughing. She said, in your heart, there's always a Santa Claus. Just true. keep that in mind. Well, that, that is true. Yeah, there's always a Santa Claus. So she said, you know, and so she just kind of downplayed the whole thing. And I said, I guess there's no uh, two fairy either, huh? Right. <laughs> No, nah. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 Dave, yeah. wait, wait, wait till they tell you about the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know, but I just remember how crazy that was, man. Uh, it was it was really a rude awakening because you know you want to believe in certain things, and then when when you when dreams get popped like that, man, it was it was definitely rude. But then, you know, uh, um. You know that's that's life. I mean, the when did your kids stop believing in Santa Claus, or do they still believe in Santa Claus? Oh no, you you know they definitely. I mean, actually, I don't remember when they stopped. But if I'm like most parents, I was very happy when they stopped believing in Santa Claus because there was a lot of needless stuff that I did not need to do. I did not need to get <laughs> get presents mixed up on. Uh, oh oh, you know, wrapping presents. Okay, Dave. Uh, I mean. uh who I, who name I write on these presents? I write Santa or Daddy. You know, I ain't have to I ain't have to I ain't have to waste no more cookies and milk. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I I ain't have to have them writing letters that I just take and you know. So I um I, I was happy when they realized there was no Santa. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well that's 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 just interesting because well of course, you know, nowadays a lot of the children, you know, don't don't believe in Santa Claus, so it's right. just not, you know, something that, even though they see Santa Claus, they just say, oh, you know, that's just a simple Christmas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but uh, any of you, you guys that are listening, if you remember the first time that you realized that there, you know, that you found out there was no um, Santa Claus and you remember how you reacted, feel free to write in to us to let us know. Uh, we'd like to uh, definitely uh, I like to read the stories over the air since it's the holiday season and just to put it out there as to um, how people reacted and how they felt about it and uh, um, or whether you didn't care or not you know because some kids just say oh I already knew that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's exactly what they said you know Um, plus plus, Dave you know these kids now going on social media Shoot, you'll find out Santa Claus ain't real, real young going on social media. Real, oh, like yeah, that. real, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can get on, if you know how to get on a computer at four or five and got a little bit of reading skills, you right. already know. Yeah, yeah, you already know. So, um, but hey, 
that's that's where we are these days and whatever. So, um, but like I said, write into us, let us know. We'd like to hear your stories. Okay. All right. I think that's everything that we were going to cover tonight, right? Yeah. That's um, it. Oh, um, let me just say this. If you go to our website, um, newsandtrends.com, um, right? Yeah. You'll see our T-shirt um, that we have um, on newsandtrends.com. Um, um, you'll start to see it pop up on all of our social media. Um, we uh, have our T-shirts ready, um, you know, to take orders on the T-shirts. We have long sleeve tees. We have short sleeve tees. Matter of fact, you'll see us, uh, the long sleeve ones. We'll put those on as well. And hoodies, if you're interested in a hoodie um, as well. Um, and if you go to our website, I thought Lynn might have his on tonight, you know, you know, but of course he doesn't, you know. Um, um, I mean, it, 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 it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even do it. Don't I'm not, do it. I'm not going to say that. Uh, on, on the front, you know, on the front, you'll see our logo and you can get your name um, put on the front. And then on the back, it has our uh, bigger version of our logo on the back of the shirt with our website on, on it as well. So, Feel free, if you have any questions, feel free just to ask about the shirts. We would love to have all of our supporters, you know, purchase one. We'll get the prices to you and everything. Um, and it'd be nice to walk around seeing people walking around in our T-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. So so just wanted to make sure to mention that to you. Um, and, you know, um, feel free to reach out to us about the shirts as well. Okay. Uh, Lynn, you have anything you want to say before we sign off? No, I just want to wish everybody a great week. Um, if you don't catch the Friday show, hope everyone has a happy Christmas. Okay. All right. And with that being said, thank you, everyone. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you on Friday. Tune in next week, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn.